If you brought your Bibles with you this morning, turn to Acts chapter 4. In the book of Acts, we see the beginning days of the church. Jesus ascended up on high, was caught up in clouds of glory, and, and they went and waited and tarried in the upper room, and the Holy Spirit fell on them and, and filled them, and they all tumbled out of that place, speaking in tongues and glorifying God, and shook the place. Peter preached, thousands got saved, and, and then the lame man at the gate called Beautiful jumped up, healed by the power of God, and shook the whole city. Well, the religious leaders didn't like it. They never had those kind of crowds, <laughs> much less those kind of results, <laughs> jealousy, envy. And so they called them up, you know, before the tribunal and threatened them and beat them, commanded them. Don't you preach or teach anymore in this name of Jesus. So they went back to the house and gathered with the rest of the believers and prayed loud and said, Lord, give us more boldness so we can preach it stronger. They're not backing up. And stretch forth your hand. Give us some more of these miracles. We want to see some more of these things. Sound like us, don't you? We're a part of the very same church. And uh, Acts 4 then gives you an overview, a synopsis of what's happening throughout the whole church. Acts 4, what is it, verse 33? Acts 4, 33. says, with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. Read that last phrase out loud with me, please. And great grace was upon them all. Say it again. And great grace was upon them all. Great grace. Grace was upon them, but grace in a different measure. Great Grace was upon them all. Something was on the whole church. Not just the apostles and prophets. The people that got saved two days ago. Everybody. Something was on them. Grace. Now the same word translated grace is also translated favor. The favor of God. And the grace of God was on them all. Proverbs 19.12. You don't have to turn there, but just listen. says, the king's wrath is as the roaring of a lion, but his favor is as dew upon grass. Here's a picture of favor being on you. It's like the dew settling on you. Well, there are different measures of dew. I mean, there can, dew can be so light it's hardly discernible. More like a vapor, a slight mist. Or it can be so heavy, it was like a light rain. It's just dripping off of everything. And so is grace. You can have a little bit of grace. Or you can have a lot of grace. And in this instance, great grace was upon them all. Now, if you had more grace on you and on your life, how would it affect you? Would you notice it? How would it it manifest in your life? Do you understand that anything that you have been able to receive that's worth anything, anything you've been able to do that was of any significance or merit, it was by the grace of God. Do you know that? 
Sometimes people want to take credit for it and go, well, I worked hard and, and I did that. And I, you know, oh, come on now. You, you couldn't open your eyes and got out of bed in the morning if it wasn't for the grace of God. And who was causing the sun to shine on you and keeping the gravity holding your feet down on the ground? Come on, are you listening? It is by the grace of God that you're able to do anything of any merit that's worth anything. Well, how would more grace impact you and affect you? Hebrews 4 says it like this. Hebrews 4.16. It says, let us come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. His grace is our help. Could you use some more help? Talking about divine help. Help of God. What would 30% more grace on your life be for you? What would 50% more grace? What would twice the grace, 10 times the grace on you, how would that affect your life? Here's some examples. Things that you've struggled with and got done with much labor and effort would become easy. I said would become easy and light. And things that you had been unable to do, you would now be able to do. And things that had defeated you and hindered you, areas that you've fallen in repeatedly, Habits that you had not been able to shake. You would rise up in strength and resist it and put it behind you once and for all and not fall again and not do it again. With enough grace, you can overcome any temptation. With enough grace, you can be free of any addiction or habit. With enough grace, you can receive any miracle. Nothing is too big or too great. With enough grace... You can be the man you're supposed to be, the woman you're supposed to be. You can be the, the husband, the father, the man of God, the woman of God. With enough grace. Do you believe it, friends? With enough grace. So great grace was on them all. We went into in previous uh, messages asking the question, what is this grace? What is this favor? And one of the big things we saw is that God's presence with us is his grace upon us, his favor upon us. When we come into a situation and God's presence is there before we get there, and we go to talk and he just causes us to know what to say, and he causes them to, his presence comes on them and they see us in a different light. His presence in the situation with us That's his favor. That's his grace. And we also begin to talk, ask the question and answer it. What's our part? What must I do to obtain greater grace in my life? And the first thing we've seen is that if you please him more, you'll have more grace on your life. There are degrees of grace beyond what we've experienced. Some people leave the idea that if you really follow God all the way, you're going to have more trouble with the devil than you've ever had before. 
but it's unscriptural. How about this scripture? We looked at this. And again, go get the materials. Don't take my word for it. Get them and search the scriptures out. How many remember the scripture that said, if a man, when a man's ways please the Lord, he has more trouble with the devil than he's, huh? He makes even his enemies to be at peace with them. Glory. The more you please the Lord, even people that want to hurt you, even the enemy that's trying to do things to you, the Bible said the Lord will make them. Don't you like the sound of that? He make them. You got so much grace on you that your enemies just keep finding other things to do except bother you. So pleasing him more will cause you to experience greater grace in your life. Do you have a desire to please him more? Everybody pray it out right where you are. Pray it out loud. Say, Father God, I want to know what pleases you in my life for me to do. I ask you, show me what pleases you and by your grace. I'll pursue it it. and do it. it. Thank you, Lord. And if you will, you'll receive greater grace. Now let's go on to another part of the answering the question, what must I do to obtain greater grace? Go to James, the fourth chapter. James chapter four. James four and verse six. James 4 and 6 says, but he, God, gives more grace. So here in this verse, he's specifically talking about more grace. He gives more grace. Wherefore, he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace unto the humble. Verse 7, submit yourselves therefore to God, resist the devil, And he will flee from you. Who's going to get grace? Not the proud. The proud are not going to get the grace. In fact, they'll get resisted. Can you see that is the opposite of grace? I mean, when grace is on you and going before you, you are accepted. You are favored. You are helped. This is the opposite The proud are not graced, and they are not favored. They are resisted. So this is a huge part of having more grace or less grace, how proud one is or how humble one is. And if you want more grace, you must grow in humility. Now, you just say the word humble, humility... And in so many, even Christians' mind, their thoughts go off on all kind of tangents that are not right. So many people don't really know what humility is. They've got these goofy ideas about what humility is. Some people think humility is uh, self-degradation, running yourself down. Oh, I'm nothing. Oh, I, no, no. And the thing is, they really believe I do deserve the praise, but I'm going to be humble and not take it. No, that's twisted. 
That's deception. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of folks that are proud of how humble they are. <laughs> uh-uh. I know uh, as a boy, one of the first times I was going to read the Bible through. I'd never done it, and so I'm going to start in Genesis and read through. And uh, I got to Numbers, the 12th chapter, and the third verse, it says, Now the man Moses was meek above all the men that were on the face of the earth. And one of the first times the, the Lord spoke to me inside, I don't mean to heard a voice, but he spoke to me like he'll speak to every Christian if you'll listen. He spoke to me, my heart, he said, did you notice Moses was the meekest, most humble man in his generation? I thought, yes, I see that. He said, did you also realize he's the most used man of me in his generation? And it clicked. I thought, okay, there's a connection here between the degree of your humility and how much you get used of God. Well, can you also see how much you get used of God is how much you are graced? Same thing. How was Moses able to do all that he did? It was by the grace of God. By the favor and the hand of the Lord and the presence of the Lord with him and on him. And so I asked the Lord at that point uh, in my youth, teach me what humility is. Some folks say, oh, I wouldn't pray such a prayer. (laughs) That's because you still think wrong. See, people have twisted, goofy ideas about what humility is. Jesus said, come learn about me. I am meek and lowly of heart. Does that mean weak? No. No. In fact, uh, it takes much more strength to be humble than to be proud. The proudest people are the weakest people. See, we haven't associated that in our mind. Pride and weak goes together. True humility indicates depth. It indicates strength, deep strength. That you don't have to say everything and tell everybody and and you don't have, everybody doesn't have to know what you've done and, and this and that. You are secure enough in God. You know him. You know he knows. Amen. And he knows what you know. And you can smile. It doesn't matter who knows or what they know or who said. Or. You know, some things are better if they don't come out now. They'll come out later. And when they come out later, talking about good things, it'll be so much better. Their reward's beyond this life. Can you say Amen. Now, uh, go with me, if you would, to Matthew, the 20th chapter. Matthew 20, and I'm going to ask a question. And I'm going to believe the Lord to answer it from the word. Is favor fair? Is favor fair? F-A-I-R. Is favor fair? Matthew 20. And let's see. Verse 1. Jesus is ministering and teaching. He said, The kingdom of heaven is likened to a man that is an householder. Some say, translations say landowner. Which went out early in the morning to hire laborers into his 
vineyard. And when he had agreed with the laborers, everybody say agreed. agreed. This is contract language. They had an agreement for a penny a day. Now that don't sound like much to us because we think of a copper coin. But others bring out that it was a silver coin, a denarius. It was the standard wage for a day of labor. You know, years ago, people worked, it was an average, a common thing, people work a dollar a day. I'm talking about years ago. So the comparison is uh, whatever a normal day's wage. They agreed. And he sent them into his vineyard. Verse 3, he went out about the third hour and saw others standing idle in the marketplace. And he said to them, you go also to the vineyard and whatever is right, I will give you. And they went their way. Now they had no contract. They had no agreement. They don't know what they're going to get paid. They are going by faith. Because he said, what's he going to pay them? He said, whatever is right. Uh, right according to who? Him. So they don't know if they're going to get a dime or if they're going to get $100. They don't know. No agreement, no contract. The first ones had a contract. These got no contract. Verse 5, and he went out about the sixth and the ninth hour and did likewise. In other words, he did the very same thing two more times there. He, and he said, well, go on and work and whatever is right. I will pay you whatever is right. Right according to who? Him. And so they went and they worked. And about the eleventh hour. He went out and found others standing idle. And he said to them, why stand ye here all day idle? This is talking about a a 12 hour day. They're working from daylight till dark. And it's an hour before dark. And they said, well, uh, nobody has hired us. No man has hired us. He said, well, you go also into the vineyard. Go on. And whatever is right. That shall you receive. So they went out by faith too. No contract. Everybody say no contract. So when even was come, the Lord of the vineyard said to his steward, call the laborers and give them their hire. And he began from the last unto the first. The last man he hired, men that worked one hour. And when they came that were hired uh, about the eleventh hour, they received every man a penny, that means a full day's wage for an hour's work. Say it out loud. A full day's wage, full day's wage. For, an hour's work. for an hour's work. That is favor. That is grace. Because they didn't earn a full day's pay. They didn't work a full day. And yet they got paid for a whole day. Work an hour. Get paid for a day. That's favor. That's grace. (laughs) And when the first came, they supposed, that was their first mistake. (laughs) They supposed that they should have received more. They saw the guy that worked an hour got paid for a day, so they presumed and supposed, well, we worked all day. We're going to get more. 
And they likewise received every man his day's pay. And when they had received it, they murmured. They grumbled against the goodman of the house. And they said, these last have worked just one hour. And you have made them equal with us. Everybody say equal. Equal. Now see, they think fair means equal. But fair is not the same thing as equal. We need mind renewal in this area. Made them equal to us, which have borne the burden and heat of the day. But he answered one of them and said, friend, I do you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for a penny? You see, these guys that went out and worked all day, they did not go out by faith. They have an agreement. They have a contract. They're not dependent on the goodness of their employer. What he's going to pay them. They got a legal binding contract. They didn't go out by faith. But the other guys did. And so when the guys that just worked a little while. Got paid the same as everybody else. It made them mad. And they said that's not right. That's not fair. They're essentially saying favor is not fair. The uh, God's word translation verse 13. The owner said to one of them friend. I'm not treating you unfairly. Didn't you agree with me on a day's wages? Take your money and go. I want to give this last worker as much as I gave you. Can I do what I want with my own money? Or do you resent my generosity toward others? In this way, the last will be first and the first will be last. Who gets the grace? Humble. Now, humility involves honesty, and humility does not feel entitled and does not presume. Humility qualifies you for grace. Pride presumes, I should have more. And the Lord said this to me some years ago. That if you, you cannot be gracious to someone who feels they deserve it. You cannot be gracious to someone who feels they deserve it. We did a series on Thanksgiving victory. If you want to get into this a lot more in in that series. But what does that mean? It means if somebody feels they deserve it, even if you did something special for them, they're not even going to be thankful. Because they think you owed it to them. That takes it completely out of the realm of grace. And with the Lord, it's all by grace. If he owes us anything, then it's on the merit of our works. And the scripture, how many have read in the New Testament repeatedly? It'll tell you it is not by your works. It is not. It is by grace. If you think it's owed to you, if you think you deserve it, if you think you're entitled, you have made it impossible for God or others to be gracious to you. But if you don't believe you deserve it, 
If you don't believe you're entitled, if you don't believe it's owed to you, then you're not presuming and you're not pulling. But when it comes, you're thankful. I said you're thankful. What about this guy that worked an hour and got paid for a day? He didn't expect to get paid for a day, but do you think he's happy to get paid for a day? But but he went by faith, didn't he? He don't know if the man's going to pay him a dime, a dollar, a hundred dollars. He don't know. He just told him, I'll pay you what's right. I'll do right by you. How many know the Lord will always do right by you? If he tells you to go do something, oh, friend, don't squeam with him and don't say, I need it in writing and I need to know how much and I need to know why I got to see it ahead of time. That's walking by sight and you are going to come out light. <laughs> I think that's the first time I ever said that. <laughs> but it's true, isn't it? You walk by sight, you will come out light. <laughs> Oh, but if you walk by faith, the guys that walk by faith, they wound up with more than anybody expected them to have. Go with me to the book of Esther, please. Now, Esther is a book of favor. You want to learn about favor? Read the whole book of Esther carefully. It's the theme of the whole thing. Favor. And God gave great grace and favor to Esther in a situation that the favor in her life saved a nation, didn't it? The favor and grace in Esther's life took her from obscurity to the throne room, didn't it? Took her from obscurity to national influence. What did it? Favor and grace. But I want you to notice the beginning of this. Before she was the queen, before any of this happened, I want you to see something that was in her that qualified her. Remember, who gets the grace? Humble. The proud get resisted. In uh, Esther 2 and verse 15. Esther 2, 15. When the turn of Esther, the daughter of Abihel, the uncle of Mordecai, who had taken her for his daughter, was come to go in to the king, she required nothing but what Haggai, the king's chamberlain, the keeper of the women, appointed. And Esther obtained favor in the sight of all them that looked upon her. This is before Uh, she's got favor with the king. This is before all that. She's got favor with everybody she's dealing with. But did you notice this phrase? They flow together. She required nothing of them and she obtained favor with all of them. Now this is something that some people have missed. Misunderstood, twisted. We have too many divas in the church. (laughs) Too many self-imagined celebrities and rock stars in their own mind. What do you mean? We got people that have twisted the faith message and are demanding 
and presumptuous. And they're always asking for something. Always asking. I mean, you know, uh, you, you can have 30 items on the menu and they still want something that's not on it. They can't sit where everybody else sits. They can't park where everybody else parks. They, they can't do what everybody else does. They got to have something special. <laughs> Did Esther ask for something special? <laughs> huh? No. <laughs> no, she did not. Why am I saying this? Because asking for something special all the time will undo your favor. And people say, well, yeah, but the Bible said you have not because you ask not. That's asking God. Look at the context. Well, the Bible said, let your request be made known. Unto God. <laughs> People have twisted the faith message and have become demanding and presumptuous and always asking for something and call it faith. No, no. Ask God. So much of your personal stuff, nobody needs to know about. Just between you and Him. So much of it. Nobody has to know. And you let him deal with people. And if he's not dealing with them, you leave them alone. Right? Well, God, I don't think they're listening to you. They ain't none of your business. <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about or not? Have we had some issues with this in the church? Are people always asking for stuff, always asking for things. I'm telling you, that is a way to prevent your favor, to undo your favor. Think about yourself. If somebody comes in your house and they're asking you for something all the time, does that make you want to do special things for them? It does not. I said it does not. Well, why do you think if you're asking for special things, it's going to make them want to do extra for you? Look at it again. Esther required nothing but what Haggai, the king's chamberlain, the keeper of women, appointed. See, now other women, as they were going out and they had their opportunity, they said, what do you want? They got the best dresses. They got the best perfume. They got the best jewelry. They just, they milked it for what they could, got what they could out of it. I want that. Give me that. I want the special one. But Esther, when they asked her, you have any special needs or requirements? She said, no, I'm fine. You need something, some, some special something? No, whatever you think is fine. And the Bible, read the next phrase. What does it say? Next phrase. And she obtained favor in the sight of all, the, everybody around. I mean the other women. That she's kind of in competition with. Liked her. Even people that would have been her enemy. And try to cut throat. They'd leave her alone. Because you know. What about Esther? She's alright. <laughs> Even the ones that don't want to like her. They're like you know. She's alright. Not asking for something all the time. 
Do you want greater grace on your life? Do you want greater favor? Then stop asking other people for favors and stuff and special treatment. Stop it. And get your faith in God. Look to Him. Yes, ask Him for things. Yes, let your request be made known unto Him. Yes, ask Him. But then let Him do it the way He chooses. And He'll surprise you in who He uses. He will. He'll surprise you. Somebody say, thank you, Lord. Uh, Go with me back to Matthew, please. That 20th chapter. Notice what that flows into. He said, uh, I'm going to give to this man that worked an hour, same as I give to the man that worked all day. And they got upset and they said, that's not fair. Is favor fair? It is fair. Some people have thought, no, in order to be fair, you have to distribute everything equally. People do that with their kids. They think it should be done that way in the local church. They think it should be done that way by the government. They think it should be done that way in the company where you work. No, no, no. Greater faith should get greater reward. Greater faithfulness should get more. And that's fair. Personally, I very much like the idea. I'm living in it, actually, of working an hour and getting paid for a day. I've been living it for some time now, and I like it very much. <laughs> Somebody said, is, it, is that fair? <laughs> well, talk to God about it. <laughs> I've had people sometimes tell me and tell Phyllis and I something good happened for us, and they say, oh, Man, that's great. You guys deserve that. I don't like to hear that. You know, if I know people well enough, I'll correct them. I don't believe that. I don't like that. Why? Because I don't want you messing with my favor. (laughs) Truth is, I don't deserve it. I only worked an hour. (laughs) I got paid for six months. Come on, why would you live any other way when you could live this way? Why wouldn't you? <laughs> no, the truth is, he's paying me way more than I'm worth, than I'm working. And that's favor. Isn't that's favor? That's grace. And I don't deserve it. And I don't feel entitled, but I'll receive it. And I know how to be thankful. And I'll thank him all day long and I'll tell everybody he did it. And I didn't deserve it. I didn't earn it. But before you read this, uh, hold your place there and uh, look in Luke. Hold your place in Matthew. Look in Luke 17. Luke 17, 10. Jesus said, when you shall have done all those things which are commanded you, You say, we are unprofitable servants. We have done that which was our duty to do. The prior verses said, when a man tells his servant to do something and the servant does it, does he thank him for doing it? And he said, no, he does not thank him. 
See, this should dispel in our minds this sense of entitlement. See, this is the source of so much friction, and it is the thing that is removing favor from people's lives. People come in and, and tired and, and unbelieving and saying, you know, I, I make a living around here. I, I deserve this. You're supposed to do this for me. I keep this house clean and I work hard and I, I do this and that. You owe me this. and you do. If you do that kind of thing, you're making it impossible for God and them to be gracious to you. Because you think somebody owes you something. And the truth is they don't. Well, I think they do. Well, you're wrong, baby. You're wrong. <laughs> what did Jesus say? Now, you do believe in Jesus, don't you? What did he say? Easy to read translation says, when you finish doing all you are told to do, you should say, we are not worthy of any special thanks. We have only done the work we should do. We have done what we were supposed to do. We do not feel entitled to special treatment, our special consideration, our special mention. We're just doing what we're supposed to be doing. I should not feel. I, I, we go to places all the time. I travel all over the country. We're in conferences. We're in meetings. We're in churches. We make no special requests. It costs them nothing for us to come. And people say, again and again, people are surprised. They go, you don't need anything? We go, nope. We're dandy. <laughs> Just fine. And they say, well, some people, man, they got a list this long, all the stuff they need. I go, yep, we don't need anything. We are fine. And you know what happens in place after place? These people Give us favor. They want to do things for us. Their hearts are inclined toward us. Come on, you know, it's, you're the same way. If people don't ask a bunch of stuff of you, you want to do more for them. Is that right? It's not a trick. It's just the way it is. And in talking about the favor, I don't feel like they owe me special treatment because I'm coming to preach to them. That's my job. I don't feel like I needed trumpets and a red carpet to come in here and preach to you this morning. It's my job. I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. It's just my job. And I learned long ago if I'll have this mentality when it comes to me expecting people to do for me, expect nothing and be thankful for everything. And you will stay so happy. You will never be upset about what they didn't do. Because you weren't expecting them to do it anyway. And you'll be so happy because all the stuff they did. Because you weren't expecting them to do it anyway. Come on, do you want to get free? Do you want more grace on your life? Do you want greater grace? In that same chapter, go back to chapter 20. You got just a few more minutes here? Go back to that 20th chapter. Matthew. He had said, I'm going to. Do what I want with my own money. Don't resent my generosity. He, the one who had more faith, got more. He didn't earn it. It was by grace that he got more. Now in 20 and verse 20, I believe it is. This is the same chapter. 
Then came to him the mother of Zebedee's children with her sons, worshiping him and desiring a certain thing of him. And he said to her, What wilt thou? She said to him, Grant that these my two sons may sit the one on your right hand and the other on the left in your kingdom. What's she asking for? Special treatment. She wants her boys to have the top spots. And so she's going to sneak in while nobody else is around. A little one-on-one with Jesus. <laughs> Jesus, you know, I like you. You know, we're friends, ain't we? We're friends. <laughs> Out of favor, I want to ask you. My boys is good boys. Fine boys. And if you would, please, I know that just this is on the down low between me, me and you. But... Uh, if you could just keep those top two spots <laughs> for my boys, I would so appreciate it. <laughs> is that how you get favor with God? It is not asking for something that you got no business asking for. You know, there are instances in the Old Testament where people asked for stuff and died that day. You remember Bathsheba, Solomon's mother. Uh, His brother, who was trying to take over the kingdom, came and asked Solomon's mother, who's now king, would she go in and ask him to give him King David, one of King David's wives? And so she did. She came in and she said, "Son, I want. Could I ask you something?" And and he had a chair brought up. Uh, on the throne and let her sit down with him. He honored her like he should. And she said, I ask you something and don't tell me no. He said, yes, ask mother. And she said, "Uh, would you give your brother such and such, you know, one of the royal wives? He said, why don't you just ask for the kingdom for him too? (laughs) See, God gave Solomon wisdoms. He could see where this is going. And the man died as a result. He was executed as a result of asking for something he shouldn't ask for. <laughs> Did he get favor? <laughs> he got dead. <laughs> Selah. Back to Matthew 20. She said, you know. Would you grant that these my two sons may sit the one on the right hand and the other on the left in your kingdom? I can just see it now. My boys. Jesus and my two boys. I can see it now. <laughs> is this humility? I said, is this humility? It's got nothing. No, no. This is presumption. This is pride, isn't it? And Jesus said, you don't know what you ask. You don't know what you're asking. Are you able to drink of the cup that I shall drink of and be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with? A lot of people want position and blessing and they want what other people have, but they are not willing to do what other people have done. They don't qualify. And uh, they said, yes, we're able. And I don't think they had any idea what they were saying. 
And they did experience some stuff after this. He said, well, you shall indeed drink of my cup and be baptized. They did not know what that meant. And be baptized with the baptism I'm baptized with. But to sit on my right hand and on my left is not mine to give. But it shall be given to them for whom it is prepared of my father. And when the ten heard it, they were moved with indignation against the two brethren. I mean, it's no more on the down low. Everybody knows. And I tell you, they are mad. They are hot. They go, what? 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 You're trying to get the top two spots. What is wrong with you? Oh, man. And Jesus had to call to have a staff meeting. (laughs) He said, now listen here. You know the princes of the Gentiles exercise dominion over them, and they that are great exercise authority over them. It is a power play in the world all the time. 26, verse 26, but it shall not be so among you. Don't be a vying for position. Don't be trying to get the best spot and get the best seat and get the best stuff. Don't be trying to maneuver. But whosoever will be great among you, let him be your minister. That's your servant. And whoever will be chief among you, let him be your servant, even as the Son of Man came not to be ministered to, but to minister and give his life a ransom for many. He demonstrated before he left, right before he left, you remember, he's the master. He is the Lord and Savior. He is perfect. And he got off his chair. He took off his outer clothes. He took a pan of water. He got down in front of them and washed their feet demonstrating this is your mindset. This is your heart. He said, you call me master and Lord, and that's right, because I am. But if I, your master, have washed your feet, you ought to do this with each other. Can you say amen? Amen. And this is how we will obtain greater favor of the Lord. Our eyes are on. We request of him. We ask, we let our request be known, and we do ask, and we do look to him. But not to people. Not to people. We're not pulling. We're not needing. We're not asking. And we're not trying to. We don't feel entitled and deserving. And and get offended. You know people get offended right and left. And it's because somebody didn't do this. Or somebody didn't do that. And they didn't open the door for me. And they didn't meet me at the such and such. And they didn't smile when they said hi. I feel slighted. Well, bless your heart. (laughs) Get over it. Grow up and have the mentality, nobody owes me anything. I'm just doing what I should. I am glad to be here. I am glad that I could have any kind of a part. Come on now. I'm blessed to be alive. I'm blessed to have my health and strength and ability and opportunity. I don't need any special mention. I'm just doing what I ought to do. And I'm telling you, that kind of man, that kind of woman will experience the favor of the Lord. Things will come on you that you did not deserve. And I'm telling you, you'll get to the place where you're working an hour and getting paid for a day. Come on now. You're working a day and getting paid for a month. Are you listening to me? And when people look at you and go, man, you're a hard worker. You deserve all that. You say, shut your mouth. No, no, I don't. I am highly favored of the Lord. I'm just, I'm blessed. When I go out and when I come in, he is paying me so much more than I'm worth and than I'm working. I'm living in grace. 
Can you say hallelujah? Stand on your feet, everybody. Oh, thank you, Master. Oh, hallelujah. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.